Welcome to First Frames First. In this episode, we're bringing back a special guest who was on episodes 37 and 38. What are we going to talk about today, Adrian? Well, Chris has been on an epic adventure. He's been around North America. He'd been driving for three months around North America. The next phase of his life is beginning, and he's looking at starting a business. And so we want to talk about the mindset that it takes to start a new endeavor and how that relates to filmmaking. So, enjoy the show. Who are we? Nobodies. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first. That was the first time we've ever done that. That's cool. It was pretty cool. We normally yeah. just start. Yeah. We normally say welcome to episode 45. And that's what we're going to do right now. Right. That's what we're doing right oh, now. Oh, we are doing Welcome right to now. episode 45. <laughs> welcome to normally episode 45. Colder beer. Oh, what a baby. I'm sorry. Well, it is. You know, for a guy oh, who God, said I wasn't going to drink any beer anymore, my beer really is cold. Actually, like, hurt my teeth. It was so cold. God damn it. I'm sorry, Jay. I, I put that in the fridge. I thought they'd be cold by now. So sorry. disappointing. Um, welcome to the show. Welcome <laughs> to episode 45 of First Frames First. I am your one host, Adrian Constant, and we'd like to welcome back special guest star, Chris Watson. Hey, thank you <laughs> You're very welcome. But we'd also like to welcome back Jason Green, who was sick last podcast. Uh... He, it's the first podcast I've ever missed. It was great. I got an extra <laughs> nap in. <laughs> no work. Just had to. No, it's still work, eh? Did, did you feel like your, your baby was like running free for the first time? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Watching it walk by itself. I should probably I should probably watch it and make sure it didn't fall off the You should the totally rails watch it. I know, There's I a couple of jabs in there. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> I would yeah, hope. We, I would hope so. Yeah, totally. We 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 decided to drink wine instead, oh, and we and so totally. And we were like, the IQ is raised since Jay's not here. <laughs> this is so, so much more sophisticated and fancy. Pinkies were out the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Chris, now, mm. last time you were you were here at episode thirty-five, and that's no, 37, 38. 37, 38. We and we had a doubleheader episode, and. After that, you left us here in Kitchener, Waterloo, Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, bought a car, yes. amazing, started driving around uh, North America with your lovely girlfriend, Ella. Yes. So, so why don't you give us a little rundown? So, yeah. First off, of are three you months. still together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first thing I said to Adrian was, we're actually still talking, which is a huge achievement. It is a big deal. I once took Man. my wife on a tiny road trip when we first started dating. It was to a town called White River, uh, where Good is the home of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, serious? 
Yeah. So that is right, cool. It's a tiny town of nothing, but right when you get there, there's a tree with a Winnie the Pooh, and she loved Winnie the Pooh. I decided we're gonna take this eight-hour drive. We left on like a Friday after work, and the idea was to drive through the night and then come back on the Sunday. That almost ended our relationship. Oh wow. And and I have never lived it down. She will, she will all, she will bring it up somehow, wow. once a year, yeah. once every two years. I mean, we've been married sixteen years now, yeah. so it comes up from time to time. So, like it, it. Someone did tell me um, when I worked on Big White Ski Mountain that someone did say to me like the, the way that you measure a relationship is by going traveling together. To see your compatibility, if sure, you can, totally. if you can, if you can do it. I believe in that too, because you see everyone, you see the whole side, or all sides rather. Yeah. Of someone, and you show all your sides because you, you know, some days you just bleak, or you, you're, you're camping and it rains. The whole it's frustrating. You're, Traveling you're, is frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. And you have to roll with the punches too. Yeah, yeah. So you really get to learn if somebody can be flexible. Totally, and and you know what the thing is, you you really get to see who a person is when the chips are down when when life is a little bit tough when thing when you're a little bit tired yep. that's when you really that's when you meet someone you know? on a very quick segue would that have happened while you guys have been filming instead of later filming you know because it's so intense and yes so much pressure yes do you guys see another side of each other oh. <laughs> oh yeah i mean for sure <laughs> yeah yeah things get things always get tense always get tense. super tense actually this was the first time i i was I was more tense than usual on this film. Um, yeah, I was I was just a bit more grumpy than I've normally this, been. But this film was super hard. tired. Uh, yeah. Shifted. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. About, right. Yeah, shifted was hard because we didn't have a plan, so that was also dumb, right? And uh, I mean, it is turning out awesome, mm-hmm. and we're going to get through it, and it's going to be great. But because we didn't have a plan, it was very stressful it was stressful and that added stress does make you a little bit shorter than you probably should be you you could you could probably be a little bit more chilled with people you know what i mean yeah but um yeah i snapped a couple times at jason but i remember i remember when we were doing the postman stuff even though it's not it wasn't um we weren't making something that was going to end up being but we were working really hard at it and we never had time to plan because every mm-hmm. week was something new. We were always trying to be creative. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was, I don't remember much arguing or snapping. We just didn't have time. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. go, 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 be creative, throw an idea out. We don't have time to argue. Somebody has some sort of decent idea. That's the way we're going to go. And yeah. uh, so it was um, different. Yeah, different. Everything's yeah. a little bit different. But it is, but there is something to be said for that, for sure. There is a similarity. So, Chris, you hopped in a car yeah. from Kitchener Waterloo, and where did you go? So we set the the kilometers to zero right outside your house, actually. So it was zero point zero. Awesome. The way, and the first stop was Niagara Falls. So cool. Oh, I'm sure you guys have been there like a thousand times, but it's yes. It is actually eight hundred. <laughs> it is actually awesome. It yeah. It is big. Yeah. So you got soaked. Yeah, yeah, we had the ponchos and everything. But Did you go underneath in the tunnels? No, uh, I saw actually. I saw that, and we did not. <laughs> Next I've time. been under the tunnels. I have not been on the boat. Mm, me too, actually. Okay. Yeah, apparently, 
they divert a bunch of water underneath the American city of Niagara Falls on the opposite side and it runs through these turbines and they produce like tons of hydroelectric power. Wow. Yeah. At one point they can divert fifty percent of the water to go under under the town. Wow. Outside the other side. And what that does is it actually stops there's obviously fifty percent less water flowing over the falls. Yeah. And so there's this whole regime or this whole like regulation about when they can do that. Yeah. Because they don't want the tourists to go away. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. I mean, and, and why they can, why they they can they... actually also shut it off. Did, did they tell you that? If they want to turn the water off on Niagara Falls, they can completely turn it off. Crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Because and, they, and they why... do work and stuff like that on the tunnels and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, here's my question. Why is America getting Canadian water <laughs> to make power for them? Oh, Dude. I don't think that we want to get into Politics. how much the Americans take of our water and power because they take a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, America. 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 You're welcome. Yeah. You're, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And then we went to New York State initially, but we went straight to Pennsylvania and found our way through some woods. Oh, Pennsylvania is amazing. It's so gorgeous. Let me let me tell you. Like we just drove to Washington D.C. recently, mm-hmm. and Canada is flat. And as soon as you cross the border, you got hills, you got forest. I saw, like in my that one drive to Washington D.C., I saw like six deer. Yeah, I don't see any of that in Canada. Like, granted, two of them were dead on the road, but you don't. See, you only see raccoon, dead raccoons here on the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was. I'm always astounded by how beautiful America is. And yeah, the hills, and certainly you just feel like just over that hill, there's somebody who's burying bodies in the dirt somewhere. <laughs> there's some crazy mountains right there yeah. in Pennsylvania, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so the one thing I remember was driving to America. Well, I suppose Canada is similar in some ways, but everything's just, everything's just like excessive. So the cars in people's driveways as you're driving past were just like huge. Yeah. You, you felt b- bigger than in Canada. Massive cars, yeah. Massive cars, tons of flags. People were very, like, proud. Yeah, absolutely. And similar to Canada, big houses. Yeah. They had these big lawns and, and nice-looking houses. Yeah. If you drive through, like, if you're doing, like, a road trip through America and you drive through, like, small-town America, mm-hmm. if you don't see a flag on someone's house, like, hanging off the porch, that person's not a patriot. Yeah. You know, they're yes. like, they're like, what's the matter with that guy? <laughs> what's the matter with Steve? Steve, where's your flag? I'm just washing it, guys. <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. You it's drive laundry along, day. Like, Come flag, on. Flag, flag, flag. But, you know, but you know what? I actually, like, I do, would, I would love to see that in Canada. We aren't very patriotic here. Not as much. No. No, the rest of the world isn't as patriot, quite as patriotic as America. Like, Americans really, really, really love America. Um. Yeah, and but I would love to see more people putting Canadian flags on their houses. I think I think a little bit more pride in where you come from can go a long way in creating in bonding in bonding bringing we the country could together. Right? Make Canada great again. Oh man! <laughs> right? We could. Uh... <laughs> Gross. So, so from Pennsylvania. So, in, did you go? It's just making a coffee by itself. Fair enough. AI. Did you go to the Big Mac Museum in Pittsburgh? No. There's a Big Mac Museum. We went to Pittsburgh. We spent a couple days. It was awesome. Like, if you went onto Google and you typed in top 10 places, top 10 things to do in Pittsburgh, 
it was probably not on that list, so that's probably why you didn't go. <laughs> there's there's a McDonald's in Pittsburgh with like an eight foot tall uh, Big Mac statue, and the whole McDonald's is just full of like glass cases with weird Big Mac memorabilia, toys and lunch boxes mm-hmm. and the history of the Big Mac. It's where Lex had his first Big Mac ever. How are we doing? Good. I just check in the red light. Just keep your eye on the red light. It's important. Okay. 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 Good. Mm-hmm. So what did you do in Pittsburgh? So we went to this museum of this one fort. Fort Pitt. Okay. <laughs> Which we based there. Amazing. Cool. I think it was. I was trying to think now. There was like three forts in one in one space. And first, first there were some Brits there who settled this area. Right. Then the French came and just cleaned them out and built this this like Regency style fort. And the Brits came and they repelled them. And then the Brits sent like the mother of all forces or in that, in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the French heard it coming and they pulled stumps, burnt the whole thing down and just ran. That's right. That, that, that is a tactic for sure. Yeah. You run away. Like, well, no, we're not going to give them the fort. We'll just burn oh. it. We'd rather, if we're, gonna, if we're forced to run away, let's destroy yeah. the fort. That happens in all the movies. You have to blow up your own spaceship so that the enemy yeah. doesn't get it. Yeah. Or plane or whatever. Or whatever. I went space. Also in Pittsburgh is the very first ever full-time movie theater. Oh, it never stops. No, it's it's done now, but it was the the first ever movie theater that was just a movie theater. Every other theater oh. before that was like plays and maybe they would show a movie, oh. but in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was the first, first in the world. Yeah. Theater. That is interesting. Yeah. Now, now do you think it's Brad Pitt's Relatives or historical, you know, yeah. ancestors that that found Brad Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was, it was a guy named Pitt. Yeah, it would. It must yeah. have been a guy named Pitt. I've never made the connection, but I bet you. Um, and and then the other thing on oh, in mean, uh, what happened after that is when the Brits arrived, they built like the mother of all forts. So with the mother of all forts, they built the mother of all forts. There's a lot of mothers here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's a group of men, then mummy. <laughs> Right. Oh and, man. And so they built this fort which had um well, it had earthen walls facing the water to, to take cannon fire. Mm-hmm. French ships coming up the, the rivers. And then it had on the facing the sort of the land, it had these flat, like high walls that if people were running in they could just like pop them from the top. So it was like the, all the latest tech was in this Mud walls and tall, <laughs> mud mud curvy walls on the one side, and really tall sticks on the other side. All the best <laughs> top tech. This is like the iPhone X. This is like, like a guy on a stage. Guys, you'll never believe what we've developed at the, at the latest meeting, the, the latest uh, annual general meeting. But uh, that's just that. Uh, thing there was was fur trading, which I had no idea. Yeah. Fur trading throughout history. Yeah, yeah. What they actually did is the. Totally. And the Native Americans did not care what the dollar was or what a franc was. And so uh, they wanted, um, uh, so, so, so giving them dollars and stuff would make no sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead they had this like whole, this whole trade system. system built on the male theater. And, and that was like one, it was like one dollar. And then yeah. it was like 25 One buck. Maybe that's where it comes from. One buck. Oh, amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Now, now, just to just because this is a movie podcast, 
Not today. <laughs> not today. The Revenant. Have you seen that? Yes. Fur trading. Okay, I saw it and it was gory and brutal. What did you, What did you think of that? Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, I I I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I really I did enjoy it the whole way. I was enthralled by what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I just loved it, and I loved that it was based on a true story, it was. based on someone that was you know attacked by a bear and then dragged themselves, managed to survive somehow. Mm-hmm. And I, you don't know about the redemption whether that's part of it, but. Right. He was attacked by a bear and he survived. And that's crazy. You, Jason, I remember you were like... I loved it. I loved The Revenant. But... Leo. Just could have been a half hour shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just... Just... Why am I still watching the shot, We guys? saw the guy walking and camping and then walking and camping and then walking and camping. Yeah. And then walking and camping. And then walking camp, like we could have three instead of five, we would have still got the picture. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think there there could have been just less walking just and camping. Less. <laughs> uh, would you, uh, if you had a free three hours, yeah. Would you go watch that again? No. Yeah, I would. I would watch that again. I would watch that again next weekend though. When you have just a three, a free no, three hours. No, of course not. Of thing. course not. Like, am I going to rush out to see a movie I've seen already? No. But if I'm if I'm sitting around, I got nothing to do, and that movie is there, I would watch it again happily. Like, there's no movie that I would. I'd prefer to watch a new movie. Sure. But if I was in a cabin, in the and woods, it, and all they had was a DVD player, yeah. and I was sifting through stuff, and my Netflix password wouldn't work, uh, and uh, you know, I opened a drawer, and there was The Revenant, and let's say. I don't know. V for Vendetta. Oh. No, that's a no-brainer for you. Yeah, I'd watch V for Vendetta twice. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of The Revenant once. (laughs) I love that movie. But anyways, yeah. so yeah. No, it was great. Just a little long. Just a little long. Yeah, me too. I loved Memento. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to go through it again. I will only watch it again with someone that has never watched it before. Yeah, absolutely. Just so I can watch their face. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is it is that kind of heavy movie that you're like, that was awesome, but I'm not going to watch it on repeat. Right. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else? Pittsburgh. After Pittsburgh. Move on. Oh. We're tired of Pittsburgh. God, Pittsburgh is so boring. Are we oh, still talking about Pittsburgh? It's, it's just the Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, so the armpit of... <laughs> Jump ahead a little bit. Um, Ohio. Yeah, it's got to be highlights because if it takes you three months to do this podcast, we're going to be in serious (laughs) shit. I would love to go to Chicago. I've never been. I have never been either and I would really love to go too. It's probably pretty close. Road trip. Yeah. 
Yeah. There, there were a few of those, but that was definitely one of the big ones here. Mm-hmm. Did not see it all. What yeah. were some of the other places that you would go back that you loved? Seattle. Yeah. Seattle was, was high on my list. Yeah. yeah, and Chris did a lot of the music scene there. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. so there was some Kurt Cobainage. Right. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Jam. I know why why does that happen like a cauldron like a, a melting pot for this a certain type of creativity that just yeah. it's because it's rainy and sad there <laughs> so that's and so grunge music, music. So another guy from Montana. So they all came from all over, but yeah, for some reason they ended up there at the right time. And depressed. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's sing about our pain. That's right. Do you know what any Nirvana song is actually about? No. Okay. Mercy Lado, Balapado, the mosquito. No. What are you saying, guy? <laughs> I mean, I love the, I love them, but I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's many interpretations. Just don't spend too much time listening. <laughs> Otherwise, you want to move to Seattle. You totally grow my grow the back of my hair really long, and then never mind. <laughs> um, What's next? <laughs> Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, I was very big on that, so that was that was high on the list. Yellowstone was, was fantastic. Canada's Banff was mm-hmm. outstanding, beautiful, mm-hmm. um, awesome hikes. Uh, such that one little town has just so many different. Which hikes. was better, Banff or Yellowstone? Mm. Uh, Be careful what you say, some bitch. <laughs> Which country is better, Canada or America? <laughs> is that what we get? That's what you're saying. <laughs> That's what Jay's asking. Oh, well, then Canada, jeez. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. Yeah, the redwood forests. Wow. That's a ten-story building or more. Yeah, it's and and these giants just these like walking amongst giants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. And then actually at Yosemite they have the other versions. It's called the giant sequoia. They're actually both sequoia family trees. Okay. But with the giant sequoia is a little bit shorter. It's still like huge, but it's a little bit shorter, and they just like stocky, like big, wide. Trees. And those are the ones where you drive cars through. You know, those yeah. So something that Chris mentioned to me, which I thought was interesting. So he, you crossed the border a number of times. Yes. So talk to us about the feeling of going from one side to the other side. Yeah, it was, it was so clear because we did two into the U.S. and we did two back to Canada. Yes, well, one initially and then one back again. Right. And coming, oh, no, we did, sorry, whatever, didn't really matter. And every time we went back into Canada, there was this um, laid back uh, 
some sensible questions. Mm -hmm. It was all like in the in the name, I think, of, of sense or like it made sense to me. And then you get the stamp and you'd be off. Then it would take like, you. do you like pot? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome home. And, and then obviously the contrast is America, where um, you just get grilled, and the questions are are intense and harsh and um, nitpicky, and and I guess they're trying to trip you up or like try and poke you know find holes in your story. Um, and and they just the one we went from Vancouver to Seattle, that that border they just like kept peppering questions and it went deep and deep. You're like I'm on vacation. Are you on vacation? Yeah, I, I think so. Mm, got you. Yeah. When, no, but this was, I remember, they're like, when are you coming back? Sunday? And then, oh, when are you coming back? Sunday? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're coming back, you, when did you say you're coming plan back? when you're going to be away for three months? You're like, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's totally. We're just going to drive across your great country. Maybe. And they were like, uh, where do you live? And I was like, well, sort of, you know, in between. Because we're, you know, she lives in North Korea. I mean. Goodbye. So, you just, it's obviously just a feeling of, maybe, maybe it's, uh, I felt certainly going to the US like I was. A criminal. Yeah, yeah. You go in like they think you're guilty of something beforehand and you feel it. No, I think it's always been like that. They've always been definitely. Pretty, yeah, going into the states, you're always a little tense at the border. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now maybe I mean we're Canadians coming back into Canada, yeah. but when you're coming back into Canada, you're certainly like, Whoo! <laughs> yes, relief. Yeah. yeah. So with a bunch of other stuff, went to like a gun store because never been to a gun store before in, mm -hmm. in uh, Roswell. And America just died. An American just died right now. He's like, what? You've Wait never been to a gun store. That's what you got out of that? No. I got that you went to Roswell. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've spoken about... Yeah, Yeah, Roswell was interestingly one of the kind of ones I was had expectations for and it kind of was below that because the museum that you go to, there's, there's one main sort of museum. It was right. just kind of like, like tacky and, and it wasn't very high quality and, and the story's interesting. So I won't take away from the story. The story's fantastic in how... Right. The, the government at one point said that it was like a flying saucer. They put it out there and then they retracted it and then it was a wedding. It's a pretty cool, um, it's a pretty cool, it's a really interesting story. Um, I'd actually like to get into it again. But just the way it's presented was average. The town is kind of run down. Everybody in the town was like, there's definitely not any aliens here. <laughs> Did they say it like that? There's definitely not any aliens here. Please be on your way at your earliest convenience. <laughs> Please see our little museum over here if yeah. you're interested. <laughs> Please do not push that elevator button. <laughs> yeah. Look directly at this little light. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, was, uh, it was a bit of a disappointment. It felt like, which I think is true, that story had peaked like about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where all the money had come into the town to build the stuff. And it was now 20 years old. Right. Uh, nothing new. It's nothing fresh. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's pretty rural, as you'd expect. Um, and then from there we went to Texas. Texas was cool. San Antonio is awesome. It was really like 
super um, and expect to be cool. And I went to watch there. Went to watch a Texas college football game, which is basically like a pro game because there's just thousands, thousands, thousands of people in these stands. Huge marching bands on the field, mm-hmm. cheerleaders, and uh, just ridiculous. Um, the size, yeah. the size and scale of it for a college Everything's game. Everything's bigger in Texas. What they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans, Mississippi Delta, went to the South, which is quite cool. History is pretty interesting. Uh, Memphis, Nashville, that sort of side. Kentucky was cool. Got some bourbon. Um, yes, you did. Uh, Muhammad Ali's story is brilliant. That guy is such an interesting chap. So that was all born and raised in Louis, Kentucky. Um, I just like Muhammad Ali, such an interesting chap. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Yeah, it's got a cool story. I was telling you actually the, the, the one story that stuck with me because there's a whole bunch was that the reason he started boxing was that he he was riding a bicycle or his bicycle was parked somewhere. He was like 11 years old, and some other bigger kids stole his bike, and and he was just like flaming mad. And this police guy um, was walking by, heard the story, and you know Muhammad Ali, this little kid was like, I'm gonna get them or whatever, I'm gonna get them back. And at this stage, he was Cassius Clay, right? Right. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this guy said, you know, what you need to do is you need to redirect your, you need to learn how to fight and redirect your anger into boxing. And he, he was involved in a gym, a boxing gym. And so he said, come to this gym on this time and, and learn how to box. And that's how he went into boxing. It's amazing. Wow. And it's a, it was a white, you know, white guy and a black kid. And so there we have the story of someone who helped him find his, his way. Wow, that is actually cool. It is really Here's interesting. Here's the thing. That might be one of the times that a police officer has helped someone. <laughs> that one time? I said it. Waterloo Regional Police. <laughs> it's a really good story. I mean, you just think about it. In all the people in history that have ever done anything or been anything, the the person like you whether they were destined for greatness or not but there was someone who did something that got them on their way you know they didn't they didn't do this thing or become great in a vacuum you know what i mean they were spurred on by something and you think about those small actions and how they impacted this person and whether whether the actions play a role mm-hmm. in the creation of the person or whether it's it, it was inevitable that that person was going to be great it's a like, team effort yeah you think so oh totally one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've always got your support group for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but do you think Muhammad Ali would have found boxing? Nope. Without that one man, was nope. he the only in that Muhammad Ali had to boxing? Otherwise, what would have happened is he would have went to fight these kids that were bigger than him. He would have gotten his ass whooped. Because there would have been four of them. Mm-hmm. And then he would have went home to watch cartoons and never would have put boxing gloves on for the rest of his life. And he would have worked for McDonald's. Some sort of equivalent of Giant Tiger. McDonald's is fine. You seem pretty sure of yourself. I am. I beg to differ. Yeah, you think uh, you think a great man will become great no matter what? Well, he, he might... F- yeah. With no encouragement? No, not with no encouragement, but like... It's almost like, like that. If that police officer hadn't helped him, I say he would have got his ass whooped. But he, that spirit that he had inside of him, 
I mean, he might not have become Muhammad Ali. Might have become the great, greatest criminal of all time. Maybe. No alternative I, history. I think he, let's come I, up with another movie idea. Yeah. No. No. Stop I, it. No. I think he would have found it. I think he he would have found it. Like I think you you have multiple opportunities to find your road, mm-hmm. to find his path. That's a good movie idea. Actually, we have all alternate stories. histories of all kinds of different lead characters where their thing didn't happen. Yeah, because the thing that made the great boxer was this like real. Or I don't know, but let's say it was this real like uh, focus and anger or whatever. Direct somewhere else, like into a criminal enterprise or something. Would have been like the road to ruin, you know? Because like contrast the two, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Same guy, same drive, but just redirected. In a different, different direction. Hitler became a famous artist instead. Yeah. Whatever. Somebody was like famous cellist. Amazing. Apparently, he was an artist, right? Yeah. You remember that part? Oh yeah. yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons. I want to hear about Vegas because when you. When I stopped by, you were like, Vegas was amazing. Vegas was amazing. Tell, tell us a little bit about Vegas. It was one of those places opposite to Roswell where, well, the, I also had high expectations. I was very excited about it. And it was, it was awesome. It was just, you, you just, you just knew that this, there was only this place in, in the world. There's <laughs> no other place like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I went to Macau and it's not, Macau's gambling. Mm-hmm. Vegas is just like entertainment. Where is Macau? China. Well, next to Hong Kong. So okay. Little island. Um, well, it's actually, yeah, there's a peninsula and there's an island part. Mm-hmm. Is it like China's Vegas? Is it known for that? It's In terms of gaming, yes. So okay. it has, it, it's by far the world's biggest gaming venue. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's like, at one stage, it was six times the size of Vegas in terms of gambling. Right. Six, six times. But not in terms of entertainment. Yeah, I mean, our Vegas is just awesome. Like, it's, it's basically built. It's mm-hmm. adult Disneyland. Adult Disneyland. <laughs> it is. It is kind of, yeah. And did you drink scotch and smoke cigarettes in a restaurant? I did not. No, you, oh, no. That's the best. <laughs> For no good reason. But you're like, because I can. I hate scotch and cigarettes, but I'm going to do this. There's something, there's something about it. I was, I was walking around one day and I saw a bunch of different, just different kind of things. And I have this, this chat, uh, this chat on whatsapp and there's, there's four guys from school and there was basically one of these things that would have like really entertained one of these four and they were right. kind of different guys but the one was this the one other was this other was this and so i took photos and i sent to the guys and i was like there's something for everyone in vegas and it's, it's exactly true there's like if you want to have a party there's like ridiculous clubs yeah if you're super wealthy and you want to flaunt your wealth oh, any day of the week you know if you want good food if you want good shows if you want to gamble it's mm-hmm. The one thing I did in Vegas was I went to a place where you could shoot guns, oh. and I d- I shot uh, uh, Colt forty five. Cool. I shot like a Tommy gun, a huge machine gun, a fifty caliber with like those tripod legs. Yeah, man. An Uzi. Oh, so much fun. What does it shoot the bullets into? Uh, paper targets. Yeah, but behind that is like a thick concrete wall. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure. But it was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I've always wanted to go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it should. Yeah. yeah. Such a cool place. Uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, just walking around for me was fantastic. Like, just seeing these like massive, um, impressive looking buildings and just people. Lights, yeah. Just, 
Ja, fantastisk. Så so, that brings you round. Ja, så lad mig lad mig just cut up. There's a bunch of others, but but essentially the the tour was um, was to try and see as much of America as possible and Canada mm-hmm. as possible. Um, just because I've seen it in movies all the time, all the, since I was a kid. So what what was the movie experience the gr- the best movie experience that you had? Um, the best was what was the best? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you because you're not you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Tell us about Kevin Costner and oh man that's did you meet Kevin Costner? So uh, we arrived in Chicago and we hang out at this Airbnb and we're going through aisles. We tell our Airbnb this guy who's hosting us. Oh, we're gonna go through Ireland to check out some corn, and um, <laughs> just check out some corn. And that's what we had. He's like, oh, you know what you should do? You should go to the Field of Dreams. And I'm like, what's, what's Field of Dreams? I love the, the Field of Dreams movie. You must have seen it. Yeah. So, so this, there's a whole lot of story to it, but basically, you can go to the actual film location of the Field of Dreams. Okay. And they still have the baseball diamond. No field. way. It's surrounded by <laughs> corn. Oh my god. <laughs> the house that we just shot in, you can do a tour in the house. And how's this? So in the movie, I, it's, it's a, you know, I actually have to rewatch it, but in the movie, James Earl Jones at some point says, people are going to come, come to your door and pay $20 and sit on the bleachers and watch. And it costs you twenty dollars to sit on the bleachers. Twenty dollars, dude. It's so cool. So and prophetic. And you paid it. You're <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so you could actually go to other beaches and play on the field for free, but to do the house tour was twenty bucks. Yeah, that's so amazing. Cool. Pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and so the story was um, the director found this way back when. I think it was filmed in 1989. The director arrived. Uh, he had been searching this aisle you know, all over the place and one of the scouts had found this place he came over the hill saw this field like this is the field of dreams and they went to the to the um, farmer and said we want to buy the section of land which he sold to make the field the rest of the field is still his and then the farmer actually agreed to live in the RV nearby right and they slightly converted his house they put in like air conditioning and they increased like a bay window and they did a bunch of cool stuff to it right all like this for free sure and they filmed there for i guess a few weeks or months and um then the farmer moved back in and he actually lived there until about three years ago i think he either died or moved on and so then they, they sort of sold the house into this foundation which runs the tours and stuff like that and during every home game he comes out of the corn the farmer's like, get off my lawn! And plays catch with whoever. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That is so cool, dude. That yeah. is very cool. That's very cool. But it actually probably was the best movie ever, mm-hmm. for sure. But, uh, but America's full of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just full of it. When you, when you think of uh, movies in New York City, what do you think of? Uh, I got, I mean, I, Times Square. I mean, I go straight to Times Square and just about every movie that we're people have done a little turn in Times Square, which is just like, I don't know, from Independence Day to... I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, Sky, I, go I, to, I go to Spider-Man. Uh, in New York? Yeah. yeah. The one with the guy. Ta- yeah, Tommy yeah, McGuire, yeah. Tommy McGuire. Just because he's always zipping around in there. Yeah. In NY, past yeah. Yellow Cabs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, 
pretty like it's just so huge and you can't get your like peek into it you know mm. you get a feel for a place like portland or um or i don't know uh, albuquerque or something but you can't really sink your teeth into la it's just too big so yeah like la seems like um five or six cities that are connected by like a freeway yeah you know like you got to go 40 minutes and then you can go here and then you know and not because it takes 40 minutes just because it takes 40 minutes because traffic is so bad Mm -hmm. you know and then you come over here and there's a whole nother complete city almost you know so albuquerque albuquerque yeah that was new mexico let me tell you i have only one reference to albuquerque do you know it yeah bugs bunny no oh (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Right. That's the, he, <laughs> yeah. he like comes up yeah. out of the dirt. Yeah, he's always I lost. I don't know anything else took about. A wrong, I, I don't know anything else about Albuquerque except for Bugs Bunny and Breaking Bad. Oh, I didn't know that that was there. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it was going to be filmed in LA actually, and they changed it the last minute with with tax. There was like a tax. Rate. And you know what? Good decision. Yeah, because because it's so unique. It's such an interesting place. The desert, you know, the dry, arid land. It's awesome. I love that it's in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, and I was quite interested in the oil stuff. So driving from there through into Central Texas, you go through the Permian Basin, which is like the heart of the, the U.S.'s fracking uh, oil fracking, mm-hmm. and it is hectic. Like you just see those um, nodding. Did you know that in LA, there's? Uh, did you see them in LA as well? I remember them in California. But I in LA. So a really interesting, like, oh, you knew this, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're in LA or in California, you do see them quite a lot. Yeah. But in LA, they're hidden. Mm-hmm. So they are still all over the place. But uh, I think it was a video that you worked on. Yeah. Uh, but they'll they'll like some oil company will buy a piece of land and put a high school on it. And like, they'll build the high school with like, you can't see the fact that there's a big oil refinery in the middle of this high school. And then there's an entrance just for the oil company to get to it. But the students have to go all the way around or whatever, or they'll put like huge billboards and then behind it, they'll be, you know, whatever. They're hiring the oil hidden all over, all over LA. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting shit. If you ask me, <laughs> well, it was a company. I, I was I was doing some videos for a company called Interesting Shit. Yeah. So, and this was one of the videos. They were in, anything that was under that you you had never heard about. They loved this kind of thing, and so totally. so this was one of the videos that they had done. It was the hidden oil refineries all around LA? What What was it like? Just not working for three months. Like, what was it like? Just being like. Well, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to go on another adventure. Yeah, it, it initially felt like it was a holiday, of course, because you're still in work mode. Yeah. But I think within three weeks, you sort of, it sort of dawned to me that actually this is like, this is my daily life now, or at least for the next uh, however long. And so that was cool because that's, that's, that's the first time you're, you've, you've completely left the old um, habits and routines and stuff. You feel like it's way behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just on the road. And the key was owning a car, the key was like uh having a partner, I suppose, about mm-hmm. 
continue. And and I guess we did have kind of a rough plan. So so we didn't we weren't like, hey, let's turn left now or whatever. We we kind of knew roughly where we're going. Um, but it was massively freeing. Mm-hmm. And I think the result of that is now I, I feel anyway like sort of consolidated all the thinking and all the kind of kind of life is always a bit of a mess. I kind of feel like it's consolidated. And I can understand it now, and I'm pretty clear on what what happens next. That's 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 what I think was the result of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is why sabbaticals are also very important for the for the mental health of the person. Totally. Yeah. Get things get up. So, and that's actually what 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 I would like to talk about. What I've been waiting to talk about is actually Chris's next endeavor. So Chris has Chris has now finished his trip. He cycled back and he arrived back in Canada and he's here with us before the ne- beginning of the next stage of his journey. Right. And within that next stage is the the starting of a new business. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's what I, I, I sort of came to at the end of this whole thing. And Ella too, very similar actually. We came to the end of this and uh, I really feel like the next thing is uh, create something of your own that is. Uh, that is yours. That, that mm-hmm. is yours. Uh, has your DNA on it, but has your <laughs> not literally has your like uh, <laughs> has your um, it reflects you or whatever. And the reason was is a bunch of times uh, I sort of experienced someone else doing exactly that. And so the one was was Adrian and, and yourself um, diving into into your film company, and, and it was completely a reflection of what you wanted to do with your time on earth. And another person in Vancouver, a family, a friend of my brother's, who started her own coffee shop. Um, cool. Came from South Africa to Vancouver with this like this uh, plan, and just grinded at it for about seven and a half years or something now, and it just fully reflects what she wanted to create. And it's a piece of her. And what a great contribution! If she moved on or she she died tomorrow, that would be her kind of contribution that she gets to put out there. And the mm-hmm. it works so well that people come there every day and eat bread that she's made and eat uh, coffee and stuff. So I drink coffee but that she's prepared. So it was like what a cool like validation as well. Mm-hmm. So now in preparing yourself for the next stage, like you, so you you've been you've been chatting, you've been seeing meeting and chatting to all 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 these people, various people, and trying to collecting as much information as you can in order to launch yourself forward. What's some of the uh, little nuggets of gold that you've that you, you're carrying with you uh, in sure. the beginning of your business venture there's actually tons one is uh, one is uh, it seems like the, the one clear obvious answer if you want to be successful in something new that you create is you just have to work far harder than everyone else <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. Sure you guys know about it. I mean you know, every second every three minutes you guys are thinking about film and, and, and next steps and whatnot or we should be. <laughs> ba boom. Yeah. Uh, now this is this is just just to cut you off there, Chris. This is actually since I've been talking to Chris, that in fact is the the uh, spurring you back. Well, the piece of inf- the piece of knowledge, the knowledge bomb, or the that has yep. stuck with me is uh, how hard we should be working how hard i should be working because mm-hmm. it's not hard enough right we should be working super 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 hard to achieve our dream 
Right. We're working at in you know we've got a we got a, a car. Pace. Yeah, we got a car. We're driving in second gear. Third gear. Our car goes up to fifth gear, right? We got to put the pedal to the metal, make it happen. So so Adrian and I were in a, in a band in South Korea, and um, just for like six months or something, mm-hmm. we had this fun band with four friends from from uh, from way back. We formed this band. We played a bunch of times, and then uh, we just had the time, and then left. And then when Adrian left, we had sort of brought in these three Americans, and so we had a five-piece band, and um, and we, we played at a bunch of venues. We sort of stepped it up a notch. And we played right. a bunch of cool places around Seoul. Thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah. Adrian left, and then we stepped it up a notch. <laughs> you fucking jerk. Was, we knew we <laughs> would never make it until we cut some dead weight. Yeah, totally. It was all play play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now that those fuckers are gone, let's step it up. Finally. And we really, like, I was into it, and so was the other guy, and a bunch of other people were really into it, but it was always like one foot out. We were like, yeah, well, this is still just a fun band. And in hindsight, now I think at that time I should have been Double. just pumping it. Like every minute I should have been thinking about a new song, a new lyric, uh, you know, getting in touch with someone who, who owns another venue, uh, doing some collaboration with another band. I should have been doing that. And right. Kind mm-hmm. of, feel like it could have probably not become famous but just could have like played even more cool shows and don't regret yeah. don't shoulda woulda coulda because otherwise you never would have seen america this way oh, okay. Okay. you would never have been a super guest star on this particular podcast Jeez, yeah. he, he would have been a we super been rock on. star <laughs> traveling north not america as good on tour. not as good <laughs> no regrets <laughs> What not to do? It's very helpful. Yeah. So you're so you're um you're heading back home to South Africa, and what is what is your next venture? Give us a little Susan. Susan is French. Sure. Give us the South Korean. Uh, sorry, South African. For I don't know why I'm stuck on South Korea. What is what is a what is a Susan? What's the what's the? It's it's a it's a, just a just a taste uh, that will t- give t- our. It, it's an amuse bouche. <laughs> it's another word it'll that's not our, English. It will wet our whistle. Wet our whistle, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Wet our whistle, there, big boy. Interesting. Cleaning. Yeah. That's I mean, the work. It's laundry. And yeah. It's, and, you know, it's Vacuuming. Well, let me ask you, is Airbnb more lucrative? I suppose it's more lucrative than a, re- a rental unit. Yeah. But it is more of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll depend on how full it is. So, you know, with 
rent that they're there, they're paying every month for how long they rent. Right. And they're cleaning. Right. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not in there day to day doing all the pickup and the cleanup also. Right. But charging someone for weekend rates because there's a wedding in town or something, that you get, really, you get much better daily rates out of that Airbnb person. True. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's another one. But there's actually a whole bunch. Uh, and it's, it's all about creating something of your own. I think that's the core nugget that, that takeaways. Build your own thing. And this is what mm-hmm. you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. It is pretty damn cool. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear more about this financial endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I pump the brakes on that? Sure. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> our our viewers demand a certain level of <laughs> inner. They they want to be part of the yeah. inner circle, right? Basically, someday when you're making everyone a lot of money. Hook our viewers up. That's all oh, I'm saying. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be back on the podcast in, yes. in like, I don't know, a year's time or something. Mm-hmm. I'll get hopefully at that stage. Amazing. <laughs> We're excited. Basically, we want to be rich. So, yeah. Chris, help Chris, make it happen. Chris is going to, Chris is going to, he's, he's got a brain for finance. So he's going to be like a consultant. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Looking to, looking to create, turn himself into a financial consultant of sorts. Sweet. Yeah, man. So this is great. So and and you also during the this last period, you took a trip to Washington. What did you think? What yeah. did the girls think? They don't care. They don't care. They're too young to care about you didn't what's go to going museums on. Museums or zoos or anything. Yeah, we did go to museums, but they for them it's just completely over their heads. Uh, but what I did think was, I have been wanting to. You know, we, we kind of changed our work ethic and our work strategy. And one of the pieces of advice I gave to Chris, I was like, if if the thing that you're building is not, um, or and even last podcast, this is basically what we spoke about. Mm. If the thing that you're building is not uh, your primary source of income and you're struggling to find, make a mandatory amount of time that you're going to spend on it every single day that you have to spend that time on. Yes. So we have, we've been talking also about... Um, we're going to focus on finishing the movie because I'd spread myself really thin in that I would work on the movie and then I would try and get writing in every day and I'd try and do all all these little all pieces these little things, e- yeah. every day. But we, we decided to finish the movie and then what, I, what I'm, I would love to do is just take three days and then vanish somewhere into a tiny motel that has no TV that, you know, it just has a coffee machine. It has a bunch of... I, I take food in a box and then I bang out a, a, a draft one of the script. Great idea. Wow. And I'll tell you, when I was driving through the States, I was like, that uh, fear of being murdered, that will make for a better script. And I should go across to the States for three days and stay in a motel there. Wow. In Buffalo. <laughs> Is that... It's a terrible, terrible city. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I drove through Buffalo. I thought I was gonna get brained by a brick three times. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a scary town. Yeah, scarier than Detroit. Really? Oh yeah. These days, Detroit's lovely. Haven't you heard those Michigan commercials? Mm -mm. Oh, they're great. They make you want to go there. So I, I, so I I thought that uh, the states was gorgeous. Yeah. As per usual, every time I go there, I'm stunned. And I thought that, like, there is a 
there is an energy there that might be an interesting energy to tap into creatively. Mm-hmm. I would just go there just to write the script in a motel somewhere and then come back. Um, the Adirondacks are amazing. The Adirondacks in Pennsylvania. What is that? The Ad- is that a mountain range? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Plus the drive is helpful. Yes. Absolutely. Put your and thoughts in order. The th- and the thing about the states is that you really feel like anything is possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you feel like you're going to get brained with a brick through the window. Like anything is possible. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. Like it's just like a play. It's It still has a wild side to it that, you know, maybe that'll make itself through, come through the fingers into the keyboard a little bit. That'd be really cool. Amazing. Yeah. I will say the place you don't want to go is New York City. Like I went there recently with the yeah. with the kids and it was way too hectic to be thinking it's like it's so busy. Yeah. that you won't get anything done. Oh, to not to write. That's what I mean. I would I have never been to New York City. Oh, it's I amazing. Would, I would absolutely love to go. I'm going to tell you. Dad's never been. Mhm. And so he went after we got home. Uh, we were talking about it. He wants to go. Connor really wants to go again. So we will probably make another road trip. And Dad wants to play uh, Beth Page. Beth Page Black, that like super famous golf course that, oh, uh, that okay. is open to the public that you have to like show up for on the day. You can't even make a tee time. Oh wow! And it's like one of the I don't know best courses in America or something. Oh like wow! That. Yeah. They don't take reservations probably because it got too the reservation list got too long. Yeah, apparently it's like owned by the city and they That's amazing. I mean maybe you can I don't know. I don't know how it works, but wouldn't you, wouldn't it, like wouldn't it be cool to do a biographical piece like a movie on a mm-hmm. I really did want to and it doesn't matter, but I'll tell you one that I really wanted to do. Um was this golfer gentleman named Mo Norman, and um, his story is really cool. He is uh, like a mentally challenged guy. He's dead now, but he actually uh, was from Kitchener Waterloo, and he became like a super crazy PGA phenom back in the day. I guess around probably around the time of like Jack Nicklaus and Ben Crenshaw and those guys. But he was so. Uh, I don't know if he had Asperger's or whatever he had, but he would, pl- you know, do crazy stunts. Like he would throw a tantrum and lie down in the middle of the fairway and refuse to play. And they kicked <laughs> him out of the PGA. And but there's a lot of controversy around it. They they say that they kicked him out of the PGA because he would have always won. So there's there's a story. There's a bunch of cool stories like, yeah, um, and if he had if he had mental health issues, unrecognized back in those days. Yes. I mean. There's a story where uh, Tiger Woods would play um, two balls all the way around the golf course. So he would he would hit two golf balls off the first tee or whatever, and he would choose the worst golf ball, and then he would hit two golf balls from the worst place, and he would choose the worst ball again, and he would still break. He would still be under par by the time he finished the 18 holes. And the story is that Mo Norman used to do the same thing with four golf balls. Oh, and he, there's all kinds of different stories about him, like hitting a thousand golf balls and them all being within like 20 feet around the, the exact same plate. Like he was a perfect ball striker or whatever. Yeah. 
So wow, this movie. I guess that the his life story has gone through a bunch of different iterations, and um, at one point, um, Dennis Quaid was involved with his story, mm-hmm. and then that fell apart, and and then a, some guys from Montreal actually got the rights to make his story, and I was actually in contact uh, with them at one point, um, and uh, it was really interesting. I think that probably at this point, his family is probably tired of people trying to make his story and failing mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. probably i mean I, I i'm sure they still would love to sell the rights and yeah. whatever happens but well but i think it's been tried a bunch of times through yeah. the years and has fallen through but even the last time i spoke with this particular guy he called me and was like do you know anybody that can help you know raise another three million dollars so he was still trying to like you know do Make whatever so Right. Who was playing pretty which is a key one. Right. And they, they seem to be very excited about this guy who's playing him now. Amazing. And it looks so cool. And it's almost like maybe the, the surviving family or band members need to kind of like finally agree or the right timing has to happen. That especially if, yeah, especially if they're all alive. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, Aaron Sorkin was, he was going to write the project and he actually decided against it because he wasn't going to have the freedom that he's normally allowed right. to write a project. They were like, well, you know, this is really not what happened. Right. You know what I mean? So his license, they, they didn't want to give him as much license as he's used to, so he walked away. I'm so excited to see that movie. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. The so guy that played uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he wasn't Mr. Robot, but that guy. Yeah. Amazing. So... A couple of a couple of uh, pieces of advice, some last pieces of advice for people that are taking on a new venture. They're looking at doing something new. Um, you had you, you said work really really hard. Harder than everyone else. Harder than everyone else. Um, Any oh, other no, nuggets? The one yeah. classic was um, set a pr- set a price for your time, uh, or just just loosely, maybe not not specifically, but set a rough price for your time, and don't. Don't undervalue yourself and don't keep thinking, hey, if I do a little bit here uh, with this person, it'll start the momentum and then I'll eventually be able to price myself right. You've got to kind of know your value and then price yourself right from the get-go. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because, yeah, if I guess it just starts the whole thing on the wrong foot. Uh-huh. Maybe a bit of a point. And especially if those, if those people remain your clients, yeah, they, they're going to be like, well, why are you... Why are you charging me more? All of a sudden, if you start trying to raise your prices and be like, well, that was just an introductory price. You know what I mean? Right. So that can lead to trouble down the road for sure. Don't undervalue yourself. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's, that's actually the way to sum up don't undervalue yourself. You are producing something of value. Otherwise, I think in our world, how that relates to is um, don't take on projects that aren't going to get you where you need to go. So I think I think and it's a that's a double edged sword too. I mean, we talk to lots of people that are just starting out in film or just starting out in acting and I think probably that the the advice is a little bit different. It's, you know, get out there, meet lots of people, do whatever you can, work for free, um, get your face out there, get your talent out there. 
but you got to hit a certain point where, um, or at least we've hit a certain point where you have to really pick and choose what you're doing because your time is also worth a lot. And if you're going to be working as hard as you can at your own thing, you got to be very careful of the other projects that you take on. Okay. A hacker house is like a standard that's that three-bedroom home, and there'd be 12 people living there and paying like minimal rent because they're working at startups for free. And Holy smokes. And they get like potential shares if the thing works out. So I guess there'll be the sod story of a million. Wow. But for, for you know, as, as startup stats work out, they're like 95 or whatever percent will fail. And all yeah. those people spending two years of their lives of, of the there's there's a neat aspect to that as well that I've heard about which is probably the people that aren't talented in design but they have a couple dollars and so these types of like venture capitalists and all that kind of stuff so a person who's like I will throw five thousand dollars at this startup that might go nowhere but if it does go somewhere I'm going to own 20 percent or something like that to you know it keeps the guys in like beer and you know cheetos while they are hacking away at doing whatever right and and it's it's needed at that time right that little bit of money at the beginning is is the thing that carries them forward forever you know so And they come up with this idea of we're going to make a talking TV or something. <laughs> a talking fridge. Ridiculous. <laughs> Will never happen. Hello, Jason. <laughs> Welcome home. And, uh, and they get to keep all the glory. Right. And they yeah. get to work for free. For them for free. It's like the, it's the most yeah. great system, right? Totally. They have, they, they, this is a, this is, they're able to exploit these kids probably. Ah, uh, see, I took it. I took it a different way. Yeah. yeah. When you explained that to me at first, yeah, yeah. what I was thinking was that there's someone that's paying them to be commercial artists, essentially. Like they're they're you're a you're a patron of coding. Is kind of when 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 you first started to describe it, I was kind of assuming that like they're they're basically being able to stay somewhere and have a roof over their head so that they can uh, make something of themselves, no, something they're, great. They're paying. They're paying rent. Yeah. And they're working for free. Yeah. So, so they, instead of staying in a reasonable apartment, they, they stay in these like cramped, shitty apartments. Right. As you, as you would have to in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And, you have a choice. and they don't get a salary because they're working for these startups. And, and how cool from the startups and the founders and stuff, they get, they get a ton of employees for free. So what's 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 the benefit? What's the benefit to the people? Experience. So, well, they think yeah, they think if they work for the next Airbnb, they're going to be rich or um, they're going to oh. get to get a you, connection. You, and, I you know, gotcha. You're all. turning me around. Yeah, yeah. that's a mistake. It's, it's, well, it's, it's it's sort of like an internship because internships are unpaid, so it might depend on the level of the coder. Like, See, this is like, you know, those like, communitechs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's places in town here where, uh, uh, 
this company will provide office space and resources to people that want to have create a startup of their own and give them a space to work and all this kind of stuff. And if their thing works out, then this company owns a small piece of their thing. But what they're really, it's, it's almost the opposite They're That company is not in it to make software. They're in it to provide a space and, a, and resources for the people that want to come and make their own thing. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's different from an internship. Often, if it's like a big company, you know that there's like this future. You know, it's guaranteed. Like mm-hmm. GE will always, you know, all yeah. with, but with uh, with a startup, it's like it's baked into the the, the, the fabric of it. You know, nine plus must have been failed. So mm. you want to risk and want to gamble. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I mean, those young years, that is the time to do it. It probably is. And if they're coding their faces off, they're probably becoming really good at coding. They learn, yeah. A lot. And so, maybe through osmosis, being around other awesome coders, they're getting ideas and they're learning and they're being getting better. Thing also, in the deep dark of, that, of one of those houses, mm. someone's like, hey, on the side, guys, let's try and make this thing. Mm. And then they are the owners of that thing. I don't know. Maybe. Seems, it seems, to me, that seems like it would be an inevitable situation. Mm-hmm. If you were a coder, wouldn't you be working on your own stuff on the side? We yeah. should ask some coders. You should, yeah. You, well, you, you should be, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you make a big move to All right. Chris, have your Desert Island movies changed? So the, the three, why don't you tell us about the three movies you'd take and put on a Desert Island? Oh, gee, that, that, you asked me last time. Yeah. We totally did. Recap us. What were your choices <laughs> last time? <laughs> so it would have been Braveheart. That's really my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Nice. Yeah, That movie's awesome. Totally. Anne, my wife Anne, watches Apollo 13 at least, I would say at least once a week. Once a week? (laughs) She's weird. Like, she she is one of those people who can watch the same movie over and over and over and over again. Kind of like this, this uh, Desert Island movies is kind of a joke. Mm -hmm. She'd be like, no problem. Apollo 13, Legally Blonde, and I don't know. Dirty Dancing or something. Probably not Dirty Dancing, but no. don't laugh. Legally Blonde is a great movie. A movie? Oh. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, so, Part 13, snuck in. Um, but okay, Braveheart, I love The Godfathers. That would be three movies for me. Uh, You're out. You know, no luck. Godfather 2. Okay. Fair enough. Godfather. Godfather 2, Braveheart, and Apollo 13. I like it. Totally. So, uh, Chris, next time we see you is probably going to be in a year or more. Yes, yeah. When you guys come to your world tour of South, uh, South Korea. Oh, my God. Yeah. South Korea? Why are you saying South Korea now? He's going he's gonna to move to South Korea, so he's going to South Africa next. Oh, is that why it was stuck in my brain? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was South Africa just three months through the summer, and then hit South Korea the day. Amazing. That's where he's moving. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, good luck. And uh, one of these days, we have to try a whole Skype meeting. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to do it. we got to get better at Skype meetings. Thank you so much, all you wonderful people. You guys, by the way, rock. This is awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Chris. It's positive affirmation. so true. Okay, guys, thank you very much for watching or listening. And uh, we will chat to you again soon. Dream big. Work hard.
thanks for watching. First frames first. Yes. First frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website, www.thefableforest.com. Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard.